0: I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. The inspiration for Ruby emerged from Cynthia's own life and family history. Born in Hempstead, Texas in 1961, Cynthia Bond grew up with a love of words. With two academicians for parents, she and her sister spent long hours watching their father direct plays. A gifted student, Cynthia won a journalism scholarship to Northwestern University, but she says in an act of rebellion, she moved to New York to pursue a career in acting. She studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and later performed with the prestigious Negro Ensemble Company. After she moved to Los Angeles, her life began to suddenly unravel. She says she became flooded with painful memories of past sexual abuse. Cynthia found hope and healing in a writing class where the seed for Ruby was planted. It took her more than 10 soul-searching years to complete the manuscript. During that time, Cynthia started teaching therapeutic writing to troubled young people. Their heart-wrenching stories would also become woven throughout her novel. In 2014, Cynthia's long-held dream became reality when Ruby was published to critical acclaim. The original 900-page story will now be a trilogy. The author is currently working on the second book. Okay, so this is what I want you to know, how random it is that number one, I choose a book for a book club. We have Oprah Magazine and Lee Haber, who's an editor, sends me books all the time. Yeah. And so I was just saying, you got anything? Send me something. So she sent me a stack and I literally had the stack of books and I picked up this book because I liked the cover. Mm-hmm. The red cover stood out. Well, let me open it up, I said. And then first sentence, Ruby Bell was a constant reminder of what could befall a woman whose shoe heels were too high. And then second sentence. And then before you know it, I'd read 10 pages and I went, whoa! Actually, I put it down because it was too good.
1: Oh my god! I put it
0: down because it's too good. You know why? Because when something's this good, this delicious, this rich, this full, you know your heart's gonna be split wide open. You're going to open to new levels of experience. Mm -hmm.
1: So how did this book come to be for you? So many different ways. I mean, there's just growing up with my mother and hearing her stories. She grew up on this little farm, so she has these little scars on her. And we used to point to these scars and say, tell us this story. And every scar was a story about where she grew up. So, even though I didn't grow up there, I felt like that was a part of my soul. I felt that that town was a part of who I was. And so I was going through just my own really difficult time in Los Angeles and I went into a writing class and i have been wearing this gray shirt for like two weeks. <laughs> I don't want to say how long I was wearing the shirt. I was wearing the shirt a long time. I was in mm-hmm. a lot of pain. I was going through a hard time. And I, I just sat down. She gave us a writing exercise. And I wrote, she wore gray like rain clouds. Wow. And that's how I started writing That's the how the book, book started. Mm-hmm.
0: She wore gray like rain clouds. Did you know who Ruby was or who you were talking about?
1: Mm-mm. No. No, I that didn't That sentence know. just came to you? That came to me because that was me.
0: She wore gray like rain clouds and wandered the red roads in bared feet, calluses thick as boot leather. That's some calluses, baby. <laughs> That's what I say. I look at my feet and I go, okay. Hair caked with mud, blackened nails as if she'd scratched the slate of night. Her acres of legs carrying her arms swaying like a loose screen. That struck me. And so when you describe something, uh, her walking down the street, her arms swaying like a loose screen and wearing gray-like rain clouds, that comes
1: from... I think really when I start writing, I have to sink into this other place. It's really like I'm settling mm-hmm. into myself and I have to fully be in that world so that I'm feeling and seeing and tasting everything. That's the only way I can write, and I won't start writing until I'm in that place.
0: Did you always know you had a novel in you? No, I didn't. You didn't? No. Mm-hmm. So when you walked into that writing class, what was your expectation?
1: I was in such agony, such pain, that I I didn't have an expectation except... because I believe that if you are experiencing great pain that, and if you've been the victim of any kind of abuse, that it's almost as if someone is putting their poison, their hate, their fear into your body, Mm -hmm. literally into your body. Correct. And when you write, your pen is a little utensil, a little tool, To pour that hate out of your own body and put it onto the page. It's the releasing of it. Mm -hmm. It is the release.
0: So you were clearly born to write. Do you feel that writing is your calling?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I never was completely comfortable as an actress. Never, never. Before I would have a performance, I would literally just get sick. I just would feel horrible, but that's what I... My dream had been, so you have to do this dream, but I've always been a writer and I've always written and it's always how, even when I was preparing for a character, I would write an entire like essay about them, like a little short story. Yeah, about their life. Mm-hmm, but yeah. that's how I made sense It goes sense beyond of
0: whatever the pages of the script right, say. Right, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so when you sat in that room, writing that she wore gray like rain clouds, did it feel like you'd come home to something or that something was being, was emerging in, around, and through you?
1: It felt right. Mm, it
0: just felt right. So you've said many times that writing saved you. What was happening in your life when you started writing the book that you want to share with us?
1: Well. I was starting to have memories of my own past and my own abuse. I was starting to deal with that. And I had repressed a lot of those. I'd kept them down. I think on some level I always knew, but I had really kept those away, just as I did when I was a child, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, it's easy to do that. This thing happens to you, and then you lead this double life, this life of the abused person and this other childhood. But... I was dealing with that, and I mean, I was on the floor, calling for help, calling for therapists, calling for something. I mean, I, I would drive around, had this little yellow Ford Fiesta, and I would drive around Los Angeles, just crying, you know, just weeping. It was a very difficult time, and a time I never thought I'd be able to get through. Um, I was. Were you suicidal? I was suicidal. I was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in. Uh, I wanted to hurt myself. All because of literally post trauma. Right? Yeah, it was all post traumatic stress. It yeah. was just all that.
0: So your story is interwoven in ways. Well, first of all, your life has helped to inform the story of Ruby. Without a doubt, yes. And is interwoven all through. What is the message? and lesson from your childhood that you wanna share that caused you to write this book? What is the message?
1: The lesson is that it is possible to not just survive anything, but it is possible to be a victor. It is possible to be victorious over any, any obstacle. That And that's something I know in my marrow. I know in my bones. It that no matter pe- what has happened to no you, no matter what has
0: happened, that you, you can survive. That if you are still breathing,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, without a doubt, without it means a doubt, you can survive. Yeah,
0: there is a clear um, theme of child trafficking in this yes. story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that story comes that, that that child trafficking comes from your own experience or your your ability to talk to other kids about it. That
1: came a lot from talking to the young people but also, you know, I've come to this point in my life about the way I talk about my abuse and Mm -hmm. there are certain things that I do feel comfortable talking about and certain things that I don't, but what I can say is that there are people in this world who know what they did to me and my hope is that they Know that they did not destroy me. And I also, for other people who have lived through that, I want them to know that they do not have to be destroyed by another person's sickness or another person's poison or greed. They do not have to be destroyed. They, as a matter of fact, not only do they not have to be destroyed, but they are victorious. And there will always be a seam. There will always be a wound in my heart, a, a seam in my heart that is hurting. It will never go away, but it—it it is no longer my shame. It is now, I am, it is like my badge. It yeah. is my badge of honor. I have lived, I have gotten through the battle yeah. and I am strong and standing and yeah. that's what I want to say.
0: Which is exactly what I also feel about you know my childhood, you know tribulations, sexual abuse, rape—all of it—that it, it is now what I wear as right. as as. Uh, not only did I survive it, but I thrived in spite of it. Right. Yeah.
1: I really feel that sometimes, like my little soul was sent as a reporter, to come through this world and to see some of the things that I saw. And I So re- you could tell the story. So that I could tell the story.
0: Now what's amazing is that your mother did not know about your abuse.
1: She didn't know. No. I know the pain she bears for not being able to protect me from these things. But my mother, I mean, nobody messed with my mother. You know, she my mother is tough. My mother is fierce. She never thought to look so close in our circle. She never thought to look because so close Because it's always
0: to the people who are the closest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You told me that you chose to write fiction. This is when we were interviewing for the magazine because you found it impossible at the time to tell your own story. Yeah. How has this writing helped you to heal?
1: Um, it It is the reason I am here. At times I felt... That I, my mind, my spirit, all of it was like a fine gold necklace, and it was tangled. It was too tangled to ever parse apart. I never Mm. saw how I was going to be able to do that. But I wrote. I just wrote. I wrote this book. And the writing helped you untangle the fine...
0: A uh, gold necklace that is your life.
1: It did. It did do that. And yeah. it was, I didn't know Because we've all
0: had that gold necklace. With once it gets untangled, I've actually thrown one away. I just <laughs> <don't>. That's what, <laughs> it, is, it is not worth me sitting here with a toothpick <laughs> trying to be. Because as soon as you get that part pulled out, there's another. And then another. Right, and right, another. right. But writing helped you to do the untangling yeah. for your life. One of the things that you shared with me when we interviewed for O Magazine is that once you write it down, and this is so helpful. That's why even writing in a journal helps. If mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. not not interested in being an author uh, or or a novelist, um, that once you write it down, and once it's on the page, it actually leaves your body.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. It does, and that's why the the young people I've worked with for so many years. Very few of them have dreams of publishing a a book. But once they put it on the page, they are able to identify their life and see their lives.
0: I think this quote from page 298 in the book really sums it up for me. If you're brave enough to live it, the least I can do is listen. If you're brave enough to live it, the least I can do is listen. Mm -hmm.
1: That was my message. That was really my conversation with the reader. I was asking them to, to listen, just to listen.
0: How does bearing witness to another person's story actually help to transform us?
1: Because you're not alone. Mm, you're that not is alone. It. You're not alone. If you have another person with you who has seen it, that you're, you're no longer alone. Mm. And, and also, I mean, bearing witness is a very powerful oh, act. Oh, it's,
0: it's amazing. To
1: listen and to be there. I mean, that is an act of courage. That is also a spiritual practice. It is, just it to is, bear it witness. Is to bear witness. To be with that person. Yeah. So I was asking the, the reader to, to just stay to bear witness and to bear witness to so many of these young girls who are in these rooms right now, as I speak, yeah. they are there.
0: Yeah, I've never read anything like, quite like mm-hmm. this. I've never read anything that opened up my soul in such a way that it put me in the space mm. of the pain, mm. but yet, and also the space of the redemption also, mm,
1: thank you so yeah, much for I saying mean, that. I mean, I could, I could weep. Oh, thank you so much It's just for a holy that. thing.
0: It is a holy thing. It is a holy thing. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's a holy it's, thing. It's tissue, yeah. <laughs> I'm crying because the book <laughs> is so good.
1: <laughs> is
0: okay. Ah, the book is so good. <laughs> I know, it's just, no, it's more than good. The book is more than good, my friends. It's, 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 it's a holy sacred act and you would, I know a lot of people might challenge that because there's so many dark spaces in the book, Mm -hmm. but it's a holy act to write it. It's a cleansing, it's a purification Mm -hmm. for you to write it. Mm -hmm. When I was interviewing Sister Joan Chittister recently, she said that writing is a form of contemplation for her. Mm -hmm. Is writing a spiritual practice for you? It's completely a spiritual
1: practice. Mm -hmm. It feels like you are going into another place, another land, another time, but also you never go alone. And that is the act of the spirituality. You go, I go with my ancestors. I go with the people who have walked before me. I go with other Mm -hmm. energies I'm not even quite sure of. I go with my characters. I never go alone. When you
0: say other energies, it's pretty clear to me that you are a person who um, is open to the other side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And they know you (laughs) and you know them. Yeah. Uh It's pretty clear that that is going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) Because that's a lot for people to handle, but I do Mm -hmm. know that there are people who have that ability to mm-hmm. see... You, you've seen ghosts and all that.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. My grandfather was born yeah. in 1866, and he made his living finding water with a divining rod. That's how he made his living. He knew if someone was going to die. He knew He was some... what
0: other people call intuitive or psychic. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. But back then, it was Nobody the fabric of life. Yes. Because that's the thing. It wasn't this idea of, oh, this separate person is psychic or has this ability, this was the air you breathed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your
0: mother had told you many stories of family members who'd gone north mm-hmm. with light skin mm-hmm. and who tried to pass going mm-hmm. north, correct? Mm-hmm. So you all, you're come from that family of that light skin, dark skin family. Oh, yeah, very, yeah.
1: very much. There were many aunts and uncles who drifted up north and... And, and passed, and passed And did so pass.
0: in the beginning of the story, when we hear, oh, that, so because Ruby's mother went north and she mm-hmm, passed, mm-hmm. Uh, was able to pass for White. And at the beginning of the story, when we hear of the sister mm-hmm. who was killed, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. that your aunt? That was, was my story? aunt, was that was aunt. my aunt.
1: My mother, when she was a little girl, she was picking blackberries, and a little boy pointed to a hill and he says, see that hill up there? That's where your sister Carrie was killed. That's where she was killed, and she had never heard that story, and she went home and asked her mother, and she said, your father doesn't talk about this, we don't talk about it, but I did more research, but yeah, my aunt was probably in the late 30s. She was working for an all-white family, and the husband took a liking to her. And in the book, I say he chased her all the way to Lonely. And once you make it there, ain't too many choices left. And she ended up being in a relationship with him. And the sheriff's sister told her brother, and he came with his deputies, and they took her and they took her two sisters, they put them in a jail overnight, and they took her out to a field, and I can imagine what those men did to her, and then they shot her over and over and over again. She wasn't big, and she was 18. Mm. She was 18, and my mother always wanted this story told, and I always wanted this story told because my grandfather never saw justice in his lifetime never saw justice and he used to see that man walking and never saw justice but my mother who was responsible for, your, he, she, for, for mm-hmm, your yeah mm-hmm. for and your my aunt's mo- murder yeah. right and my mother said i always wanted to tell this story and now that you have i don't have to now that you've told it i don't have to mm. yeah that's what she said so i was able to tell that secret
0: Were you ever in a questioning place? Like what kind of God could allow this to happen? Were you ever angry with God?
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. I, 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 yes. I am not meant to understand all of the workings of this world. I'm not meant to understand it. I'm here. I'm not meant to understand it, but I know for a fact that God is here that I am being protected, that I have been protected my whole life. And the thing about Ruby is that she found her sense of spirituality through nature. And that's what happened to me, too. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I started dealing with this, and I did not know how to drive. So I was riding on the bus, and somebody had said, you know, find something to be grateful for. Find something you're grateful for. And I was like... There is nothing. I am sitting on the bus. There is nothing to be grateful for. And literally, I looked out of the window, and I saw a tree, and it was green. And I said, okay, I can be grateful for green. Green is beautiful. Yeah. Green is beautiful. My favorite color. Green is beautiful. And... And then I was able to, you know, and look at the trunk of that tree. That's, that's stunning. And that grass, look at that flower. And it was through nature. And in the book, I have the audacious hope, hope of, of rooted things. things. That line is because you can put a seed anywhere. You can put it in a crack in a sidewalk and it does not get depressed. It does not say, oh, well, let me give up. It fights. For life. It fights to take hold. That is God. That is what the human spirit is about. Is that's who we are. The you,
0: audacious hope of rooted
1: things. But that is how I came to understand that that there was more and that we were capable and look and looking at that. That's how I was able to find that. Wow.
0: Tell us about the times you wanted to give up and why you didn't?
1: Well, the first thing that comes into my mind is my mother. My mother is one of the, my mother. Mm -hmm. My mother kept me here, Mm -hmm. you know? She's so strong. And I remember one time she came to see me and I was having a very hard time. And I had this sense that my mother took her spirit and braided it into my own and gave me her strength so that I could keep going. And over and over and over again, my mother has been that for me.
0: Wow. That's powerful. I've never heard it phrased that way before. But that's what a mother would do. That's what a real mother would do. Mm -hmm. They would Mm -hmm. take their strength and braid it Mm -hmm. into your own. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Wow. So you were raised religiously, were you not?
1: Not really. I mean, we were, my grandmother was very, very religious and I think so much so. She was to the point that my mother had fingernail polish on and she was told that she would be going to hell if judgment day came. So she scraped that off. So I think that she was a little Hesitant of that, and and didn't we weren't really immersed in in religion. This is growing all up. I
0: got to say about that. What kind of God, what kind of God, yeah. punishes you for the color of your nails? Right. That's a really
1: small-minded God. And I think you know that is so much the hypocrisy. Yeah. That's you know what I'm trying to also say is that you know. God lives here. God lives Spirit here. Spirit is here. And here. And here. And
0: here. And here. And here.
1: And true, true religion is about welcoming. It yeah. is about welcoming from the heart. Yeah. And my mother didn't really, I mean, my grandmother was wonderful, but that is not... How she grew up, and then she found that later. And she was able to find a home yeah. and a spiritual home. And so, but I had to find that kind of on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Discover that God was bigger than the box that yeah. people try to put him mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Or put it yes. in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes,
1: yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly.
0: You're not afraid to explore the dark
1: side. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I I I had to. I mean that's otherwise why write? There's nothing else t- you, you have to. I have to. That there's no other reason for me to write. It it is a part of my life, it's a part of the world. So is the Daibu
0: as you write about is
1: the Daibu the same as the devil? No, it's mm-hmm. not. I I it is not.
0: Is it like a demon?
1: It is the collective negative. It, negativity. It's yeah. the negativity. It's, it's the dark side. It is, yes. If it's have, the dark side come to life. Yes. Manifest it. Is, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And it is our, our fears. It is the collected fear and hate of that group. Mm-hmm. It is It is many different things.
0: Yes. And how do we diffuse the dark side? The only way to take out the dark side is through?
1: Love. Love.
0: Because you believe that in the end, the light um, will outweigh the dark. It it always does. Yeah, because 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 you curse the darkness by the slightest bit of light. You want to yeah. break the darkness is you just light a match or let right. a candle in. Yeah, and so much of this book is magical realism, dreams, messages. Do you believe dreams hold messages?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Throughout my life, uh, either things that are just it's a way for you to hear what you need to hear. It's the subconscious talking Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. It's the Mm -hmm. other world trying to talk to you. Do
0: you believe in heaven and hell?
1: I believe in heaven. I do not believe in hell. I believe that... I don't believe that there's any force that has a plan for any soul that they writhe anywhere for eternity. I I just don't believe that, that that's the way a divine being thinks. But I do believe that my mother has said this for years, that that people create their hell on earth, mm-hmm. that people make choices and that becomes their hell. I believe that, um, that when people are so tormented, if they are unable to come to a resolution, that sometimes it's difficult for them to ascend fully. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. And sometimes people commit, Horrific acts, but I don't believe that 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 is anyone's destiny.
0: Your vision board got you here. <laughs> are you having I a? Think so are too. you having a vision board? Are you having a, one of those moments where like uh, it's it worked?
1: Yeah, I believe in the vision board.
0: And so, what was on your vision board regarding this?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, you okay. were on there. I had. You there and a little quote saying how much you liked my book. Uh-huh. And these were like the wildest dreams. You know, like that's what I put on there. The things I just hoped would happen. And so you were there. And then I had your book club mm-hmm. there. I had... Like the book club symbol? Yeah, hmm I yep. had the book club symbol. I had New York Times bestseller, which... This is before it was one. Oh, my gosh. It was... Yeah before it was even finished. Wow. Yeah, uh uh-huh, and Super Soul Sunday is on there as well. You're kidding. I'm not kidding you.
0: So you obviously believe in the power of energetic um, attraction and vision.
1: Yes, I do, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And for those who are skeptical of that, Mm -hmm. I'd say do it anyway because just seeing something every day, you might think, oh well, let me do a little something towards that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But for me, it really is you you create what is what surrounds you creates your world. And I it is my screensaver. So literally every single time I opened up my computer, that's what I saw. Every single time. Your vision board.
0: Mm-hmm. So Uh, You described the accomplishment of publishing your first novel as a dream that you'd held for over a decade. You had that vision board. You even had the New York Times. I was as happy for you (laughs) making the New York Times. Thank you, everyone who's bought this book. (laughs) Thank you for that, because I was as happy for you as though it, it, it had happened to myself. So now you say that this fulfilled the dream held for over a decade that somehow miraculously came to a weighted life. Yours mm-hmm. had been a weighted life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that have you been unweighted, does getting on The New York Times <laughs>
1: unweight you? Um, I don't know, really. I think that what it does, what all of this has been, when my father died, I spoke to him, and I had this sense that there was this camera lens and it was opening. It was like an aperture. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened and his spirit left. And when I had my daughter Mm -hmm. and in that room where I was giving birth to my daughter, it felt as if an aperture, that same aperture, that camera lens, it was opening. And I feel that right now. And I didn't know that could happen while you were living. I always thought that that happened when you died Mm -hmm. and at birth, that doorway opening. And it is, this is, it's happening right now. And so I'm stepping into it. That is really the biggest challenge, Mm -hmm. is stepping into it.
0: Does it feel like what you imagined it to feel like? Because when you're creating the vision board and you say, oh gee, I'd like to write a book, sell a book. I'd like to sit on Super Soul, whatever that is, I'd like to be on the New York Times. Does it feel in any way like Mm -mm. that? No?
1: No, no. I didn't didn't know. There is this part of me that stands in awe. I'm in awe that this is happening. Mm -hmm.
0: I have to tell you, I was in a state when I was reading this book. I was so taken by your words challenged in many ways. I wasn't sure because I feel a responsibility to Mm -hmm. the audience. Mm -hmm. And I choose a book thinking, okay, let's say a million people pick up this book. Mm -hmm. I want the people to say, oh, I understand, Oprah, why you chose this Mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure that a lot of people would be able to hear the story, accept the story, know the story. But then when I reached, I think it was page 298 where you talked about Uh, If I can listen, Mm -hmm. that line about, Mm -hmm. I can listen. Mm -hmm. If if you've lived it, then the least I can do is listen. Mm -hmm. That's what convinced me that Mm -hmm. people can receive it however it is offered, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say I'm proud of you for the writing of it.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Now that you've been able to
0: tell the story and will be able to continue to tell the story, is there another dream for you?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I have a lot of stories to write. I mean, when I was working on this story, Mm -hmm. I had to leave so many stories behind. And so my dream really is to live long enough to tell all the stories I want to tell. My other dream is to see my daughter happy. I want her to be a happy adult and to fulfill her dreams. That is another dream. And I have a dream of one day having this writing colony for moms. And that's on my little vision board, too. But that will happen. And I believe that now because I know. I just know. If you have it up there and you are diligent, it will happen. It will happen.
0: Wow. So what's the lesson that's taken you the longest to, to learn? I'm not yourself? a victim. You're not a victim.
1: That's, the, that's what I've, that's taken the longest to learn. Because when something horrible happens to you, well, you are a victim. You are a victim of this crime. You are a victim. You are truly a victim. And when you are older, and whether you remember it from the time you're young or whether you have these memories, you feel like a victim. I, I certainly did for years and years and years. What are you most grateful for now? <sighs> so many things I mean it's I'm so grateful that my mother gets to see yeah my mother gets to stop giving me money I know she's really happy about that (laughs) Uh she's happy that because she always you know is like supported and helped us out Um, I'm grateful that I can give to her and I get to provide for my daughter And I get to walk, like, in the world with my head high. And so often when I was working on this, when I really didn't think I would be able to complete it, I thought, maybe there's a woman out there who needs to hear this story, and it will help them. And now that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so that message, being in the world, and somebody knowing that, that is... That is what I am eternally grateful for and will be grateful for when I am no longer on this planet.
0: The book is called Ruby. You've never read anything like it, i got to tell you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe rate and review this podcast join me next week for another super soul conversation thank you for listening